I plan to go to law school after I graduated, but uh, looks like my folks won't have enough money to put me through college. Well, the world needs ditch diggers, too. Entrepreneurship, scaling business plans. Then I became the CEO man. Are you ready to be mentored by some of the best minds in entrepreneurship in the world? Then you're listening to the right podcast, Ditch Digger CEO. We're going to be interviewing CEOs and founders who will be telling their amazing rags to riches stories. These entrepreneurs who dominate the industries they serve will be sharing the secrets to their success. We'll be talking to millionaires and billionaires. Many who started with nothing. You're going to be mentored with golden nuggets of shared experiences from my guest, whose time is worth thousands and even tens of thousands of dollars per hour. I started in the paving business right out of high school. And with no college education, mentorship has been my education of choice. I started over 25 companies in the last 20 years, have generated over $1.5 billion in revenues. My guarantee is this. If you listen to Ditch Digger CEO and you want to be more successful, you will become more successful. The secrets of my success and for many of the world's greatest business leaders will be revealed. Let Ditch Digger CEO mentor you. So John Jonas, uh, welcome to Ditch Digger CEO, man. We're, uh, we're blessed to have you today and, and uh, we're excited as heck to, to dive into John and, and your story. Um, you know, expose some of the nuggets of what you look at as uh, reasons for your success. And uh, welcome, buddy. Welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are today, and then we're going to go back and, you know, who you were yesterday. So uh, I am a husband. Uh, I am a, I'm a father of five. I have five kids. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I always like, like to say that. Um, I am an entrepreneur. And I love to be, to be outside. I love to ski and mountain bike and run in the mountains and, and uh, anything, anything that involves some physical activity. So. Awesome. Awesome. I like how you, you, you start with your you know family and, and your faith, right? That's the most important thing to me as well, right? Faith and family. Um, so again, and, and I think uh, the best, the best leader in the history of our world is this guy, you know, Jesus Christ, who, you know, didn't, uh, didn't really uh, look at like, it wasn't looked upon as like a normal leader you would think as a leader, right? But boy, somehow, he made his mark on the world like nobody else ever will again, right? <laughs> so if we can, yeah, if, we can so. if we can emulate some leadership, uh, some uh, some of the uh, uh, leadership traits that, that guy had, we we uh, will do okay, right? <laughs> try, right? Right? We try to emulate it. It's, it's not always easy. <laughs> so uh, tell us about uh, your business now, and what and, and I think you have, you have two businesses or one business, whatever it is. Tell us about what they do and. What, what creates, you know, creates your uh, opportunities for the future of that business. And then uh, just a little bit there and then like to go backwards and talk about your, you know, your, your upbringing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, I run a couple different businesses right now. One that one of them is onlinejobs.ph, which is the marketplace for finding and hiring virtual workers in the Philippines. And so I launched that in 2009 and it, has grown every month since um whether i do something for it or not it kind of has a life of its own it seems like um 
And so that, that's a, that's a really good business. The, on the other side of it, as I, I teach how and why to hire Filipino virtual assistants, um, often, so often when people hire someone from the Philippines, they just have this completely different experience and it changes the way they think about their business, the way they run their business and the way they look at business opportunities for the future. Um, that, uh, I teach as much of it as I can because it's, it's so good for people. So how many, how many people do you have online currently as far as, uh, you know, Filipino assistants or, you know, uh, virtual, virtual, uh, teammates. So I currently have 36 people in the Philippines that work for me, uh, for me personally, um, onlinejobs.ph has over a million profiles of Filipino workers. And so online jobs is really just a job board where you go on, post your job, Filipino workers are going to apply to your job. And if, you know, depending on your job, you're going to get 10 to 300 applications from people in the Philippines. And, uh, so we have over a million Filipino workers, uh, on the site. And then we've had hundreds of thousands of employers use the site to, to find and hire VAs in the Philippines. And, you know, and, and how, how many do you end up retaining as far as those businesses using that service? Is it something that, uh, you know, once one, one or two times a year basis or is something that they're on board consistently with? What's about that? So I don't know because we're not involved. Um, we don't, we don't, the, the workers don't work for us. They don't communicate with us. They don't, you don't pay them. I mean, you can pay, you can pay them through us or you can pay them through PayPal or whatever you want. We don't, we don't track necessarily who gets hired and who doesn't. It's kind of like indeed.com, but for the Philippines. So you, we're just providing you the place to find and hire the people. And we do a lot of vetting of workers ahead of time. So that to try and make sure that you're getting a better experience. Um, but then it's like you agree with the salary with them, whatever you want to pay them, whatever they're willing to accept, and then you're going to pay them that amount. We're not taking a cut of that salary. How, how do you make your money then? So there's a $70 upfront fee to access the database, and then you can contact all kinds of workers in the Philippines. And so, so if you have a, you know, 50,000 users, that's, uh, uh, that, that would be, um, that'd be $3.5 million a year in fees, basically. Is that right? No, but if I were to do the math again, I would say if we have, uh, five, 5,000 users at any given time. It's a monthly fee. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that's going to be like two and a half million or yeah, like 3 million a, a year. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. In a monthly bit. Yeah. So similar to what I said. Yeah. Cool. Okay. And then, uh, uh, and with that, I mean, you're able to, your job then is to make sure that you keep plenty of, you know, you know, plenty of, um, talent on, on, on the site. Right. So people use it. Um, what do you do to maintain that? Nothing. We don't, it, it happens on its own. It's completely self-sustained. The, the people in the Philippines, it's like, 
I don't even know. Like we did one thing at the very beginning. Like I had six people working for me when we launched it. And I asked them, what can you guys do to market this a little bit? And they were like, Oh, I can tell my friends about it. Oh, I can post it on Friendster, which was the social network in the Philippines at the time. It's all we ever did. Uh, last month, I think we had 23,000 Filipino workers join. Um, Wow. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty consistent during COVID at the, like the beginning of COVID we were having like 50 and 60,000 workers join every month. So. Wow. And because of lack of opportunity probably or why? Oh yeah. Yeah. Because there was no work. Like the Philippines was really, really hit hard with COVID. So. And, and uh, you know, tell, so tell us about uh, you know, tell us about where you began, and 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 uh, in, in, as a, as a young person to to want to be an entrepreneur, or did you fall into it, or you know, tell us about your upbringing and all that kind of stuff. So growing up, um, I lived in Southern California in Manhattan Beach, which is a very nice area. We were the poorest people there. <laughs> I I'm the oldest of seven. And my dad never made very much money, but somehow they managed to buy a house that they couldn't afford. And I think part of that is because my uncle always helped pay. My uncle was a was an attorney and lived in a nicer area. And I remember quite a few times where he would pay our mortgage or something. And I just remember growing up looking and saying, I'm gonna be in a, I'm gonna be a lawyer because here's my dad working a job, and here's my uncle. He's a lawyer and he uh, has his own office and, and that's way better. And so that was always my goal. And so when I was in, in college, I was pre-law. I, was, I studied computer science with the intention of being a lawyer with a computer science degree. And I took the pre-law class at BYU and that was really interesting. It was just a one hour a week seminar where a, a lawyer or a judge would come in once a week on Friday afternoon and speak to the class. And every one of them said the same thing to us. They said, they all said, I don't hate my job, but everybody else I know who's a lawyer does. So, but, but I don't hate mine. Every single one of them said the same thing. It was crazy. And I was like, I'm out. I'm not doing this. Um, but I also knew I'm not working a job. And, and I had a job out of college for 10 months. And my only goal during that time was to quit the job where I realized really quickly that the incentive structure here doesn't work for me as an employee. Like I can do really good work and get paid the same amount. I can do really crappy work and get paid the same amount. It doesn't matter. And that incentive just, it didn't work for me. So um, I spent my time building my own business. And when you, when you start that, I mean, college or when, when, when you start thinking about building your own business, so you didn't want to work for somebody, you didn't want to be an attorney, what, and that, what, what got you, you know, moving forward? So my senior year of college I, is when I started dabbling. I started, like, trying things. Um, that was 2004. Um, that was 2003, 2004. And I graduated in 2004. And during that 10 months of my job, I had... I mean, I, I spent time working on their stuff. And when I was done with my projects and they didn't give me another project, I'd spend time working on my own stuff because uh, everything I was doing was online. I just wanted to build an online business because an online business is totally automatable. I thought like, oh, once you build it, then you're done. Like, then you just make money and you don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's not the case, but um, that was that was like where I started. 
What was that? What did the online business look like back then that you were, you were playing with and dabbling with? So the first thing I did was completely illegal. I just had no clue. Um, it was, we were going to build a real estate website and generate leads and, and have realtors use those leads and then pay us based off, pay us a portion of based off of what the realtor, when they sold a house. And I didn't know, I didn't know that they couldn't do that, that that was, that they would get their license revoked if they did that. And, um, and so that completely failed. Um, at the same time, I, I had heard about this software that would build a website for you and, and a friend of mine had bought it and not done anything with it. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll give it a try just to see like what it is. And I remember I put up this, the, the software was called traffic equalizer and it, it doesn't, it doesn't work anymore. Um, but at the time I put it up and a couple of days later I made like $2, uh, in Google ads. And I was like, what the, and a couple of days later I had made it. I mean, like every day after that I had made $2 and then $3 and then $10 in a day without doing anything. And it was really kind of this get rich quick scheme that actually worked. You just had to do something for it. And, um, that was what the businesses looked like back then. Hmm. And then, and, uh, so that, so that's 2003, four, right? Three, four, five. Yeah. Three, four, five. Uh, and, and, um, you know, where, where'd you, where'd you, where'd you, you know, what, what gave you your first opportunity to make some real money that really, really said, okay, I, I, I'm starting to understand this entrepreneurial thing. So in 2005, so as I started building those, using that software, I started, I was like, okay, this isn't going to work super well long-term and it's not very scalable. Uh, because it takes a good amount of work to, to like use this and, and get it up. So I started writing my own. I graduated in computer science, so I started writing my own and, and I took a different approach. I wrote this software and I gave it away for free to the rest of the internet and it would build a website for you. Um, and it was a crappy, crappy website, but it worked to make money. And my caveat was that every single page that it built, it was going to link back to one of my pages because that's how. SEO works with Google. And so instead of selling the software, I gave it away for free and had everybody else who built a website link their sites back to my website. And all of a sudden I was ranked on Google number one for keywords like car insurance or life insurance or work from home or structured settlements or home-based business or network marketing. I mean, er everything that I could find that had high click values I had to build a website about, and I was ranking at the top of Google for, and I was serving ads on my website and making pretty good money doing it. That's, that's awesome. Um, I think, I think we just lost Gary. He'll, he'll probably pop back in. Um, so why, why did you choose computer science as your degree? Um, that's an interesting one because when I started college, I had declared history as a major and I had a friend that, um, I respected a lot and he and I had gone out to lunch and, and he said, uh, if it were me, if I were you, I would study computer science and I didn't love history. And, uh, and I was like, you know, I like that idea and that's why, and, and there's not a lot more to it other than. I was like, I like that idea. So, I mean, that's, that's like some really great, uh, in, insight there. Like you, you created a program for free 
or you created a program, which is hard to do. And then you counterintuitively gave it away for free, but then made sure that anyone who used it, it linked back to your site. How, how did you know to do that? Because what year did you say this was? 2006? It was 2004, 2005. Okay. That's way um, ahead of when people knew that was a good idea. <laughs> so I had learned some SEO. Like I, I had figured out like, oh, if you, if you get a bunch of links to your site, <laughs> then you're going to rank. And, and I was like, well, I can either sell this software or I know how to make every other page and every other site link back to my site automatically. They don't have to do anything. That's the, that's the approach I'm going to take with this. I'm going to, I'm going to give it away and I'll just have every single time it builds a page, I'll have it, uh, just call my server and I'll, my server will give it a link and it'll insert that link automatically into the page. And, yeah. and it'll randomize it. So it looks good to Google and natural. And, um, so it was, it, it worked really well. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, you're about, I'd say you're about 10 to 15 years ahead of the curve, ahead of people knowing how good an idea that is. Um, well, and it was a good idea at the time. And, and I knew, I knew that long-term it wasn't, it wasn't going to work forever. I knew that. <sighs> Mm-hmm. I knew it was a it was a couple year thing, and it was it was a couple year thing. And so I started learning other other internet tactics um, to try and make money online. Mm-hmm. Nice. Hey Gary, do we uh, we have you back? Yeah, my phone overheated. That was so weird. On this docket that I got, this new docket thing, it overheated. So uh-huh. um, it shut down on me. I, I put it outside in the snow for you know two minutes, and it cooled down pretty quick. So I, I don't know. I'm the docket now, but that's okay. I got juice. So sorry about that. Yeah. Um, so, so we're to, we're to the point where uh, so two, two, a couple years after college, basically, right? And uh, some good ideas and stuff, but you didn't think they're sustainable. Yeah. So I didn't. I, I mean, I I knew that I knew that what I knew that the building websites and serving ads on them wasn't super sustainable the way that I was doing it. And so I started learning other stuff. I started learning affiliate marketing. I started learning copywriting. I started learning sales and and like the psychology behind sales. And I started learning how to add value. And and that was kind of the time where I realized, okay, the problem with what I'm doing is I'm not adding value to the equation. And as long as you're not adding value, you're, even if you're making money, it's temporary. In order, in order to have a a lasting something, you have to add value. And that was from there on, that was like everything that I did was going to be, okay, I'm, I, I, I need to add value to the customer in this, in this business. Yep. Yeah. Based, you know, my, my mentality is, you know, we need, we need to strive to create raving fans, right? Our customers, if they're raving fans, man, they're going to talk about us. If they're raving fans, they're going to continue to want to use us. Right. And, and it, you didn't feel like you're, you're smart enough to understand you probably weren't doing that initially. Um, but then you, you know, you said, okay, I got to, got to do that. Right. And tell us, how, tell us how that happened. So uh, in the previous business where we were building these websites, I started hiring, I hired someone in the Philippines to help me and it was amazing. Like I had no idea that, that they could be intelligent that, I mean, I had tried outsourcing a couple of times and it had sucked and it was painful. And I hired this guy in the Philippines and 
it was amazing. He was like willing to read between the lines of my instructions. He was willing to figure things out. He was willing to try new things when, when what I had given him wasn't maybe the best. Um, and, and at the time I was on this mastermind group and we would have phone calls every week. And after a while, every single week, I found the group asking like, how are you doing this? Why, how is this working so well? What are they doing for you? How are you hiring them? And after a, a while of doing that, I was like, I'm just repeating the same thing over and over again. Why are these people not listening? So finally, I just recorded a phone call and I taught everything I could think of about how and why to hire someone in the Philippines. And I kind of put the phone call out there and it went crazy. Um, people, people were listening to it. And then I had people coming to me and saying, hey, will you teach this to my list? Like, okay, sure. I'll teach it to your list. And at that point it was like, okay, I knew, I knew some of the difficulties of people hiring. So if I can teach you to do it and I can solve some of the difficulties, well, then I could sell you something. And so I solved the, so one of the problems of people hiring and I started selling it as I did these phone calls. Um, do you, do you have, uh, you I'm guessing you have examples of businesses that did none of this before that, that have grown because of it, right? And in, in a direct cor correlation to the, to, the, to the service, right? I mean, if I think about the opportunities and sales and cu customer service and account management and a lot of things I think about that, you know, the, the challenges we have to solve in our businesses, right? We've never done this, by the way, right? And, and, I, and there's no doubt in my mind, it could be applied to our business and in many of, the, in many of the situations, many of the positions we have in our businesses, right? And we just haven't done it. And there's no doubt in my mind, if you, if you, if you have the confidence and the quality of person that could be on the other line, talking to your customers and, um, you know, talking to your vendors and customers, boy, you, you got it really. Right. I mean, it, it's, it, it's just that confidence that people initially, I think, lack for the, for, for the talent you might have on the other end of the line, uh, you know, a country away. Right. So, uh, tell us about how you, you know, you teach that, John, and, and, uh, and, and what you found and, and maybe some good examples of businesses that have grown crazy that you've helped because of this, because of your platform. Yeah. So in terms of like the businesses that have grown, I have, I mean, I have seen hundreds of hundreds or thousands of customer testimonials of people email me. I, I stopped tracking them anymore because you just sent me an email that said, Hey, I hired my first VA four years ago and I'm back to hire another one for the third time. Thank you so much. Like, awesome. That's so great. You know? Um, and some of these end up hiring one and then they hire a hundred people in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. Um, some hire one and they stick with that one person. I mean, I, I met someone that said, Hey, I hired my first VA from you nine years ago and they still work for me. They're the only one I have. And it's amazing. Right? <laughs> so, so there's, it's, it's interesting in kind of what I stumbled into and why it was so good and why it took off was there's this culture in the Philippines that's different than anywhere else in the world. And I had no idea and nobody else has any idea either. Like outsourcing, people just think outsourcing is outsourcing. It sucks. Right. And, and that's not the case. And I didn't know that until I kind of got into this and hired these people and was like, this is amazing. Like they're super loyal like loyal almost to a fault to where the first person I hired in 2005 still works for me today. Um, and in 2005, when I hired him, he knew nothing. 
he was super beginner, super newbie. And since then I've taught him and he's learned and he's learned and he's learned. And I, today I could ask him to do anything. I would trust him with my life today. Huh. And in a lot of cases I do. Um, uh, they're, so they're loyal almost to a fault. Now, when you look at your 35 teammates, do you get to know them personally? I mean, do you fly over there? They fly here. I mean, how, how do you get to know them personally at all? Or do, or do you? So what you'll find is if, as when you work with people, like the way that I do, I get to know them personally. I've only been to the Philippines once. Um, and that was in 2010. I spent five weeks, uh, on a beach with my wife and my kids. And I flew my team in to that, to that beach Island. And we spent a couple days together, but that was in 2010. And I'm very much a homebody. And that's the only reason I haven't gone back because it was an amazing experience. So aside from that, I communicate with them every day, not all of the 35. It's too many for me to communicate with every day, but uh, uh, there's a core of them that I communicate with and some of them communicate with others. So they have, they're managing other people. And I have a business partner that is, is in the U S and he also manages some of them. And so, yeah, I get to know them. Like I know them very well. I know their cause I talk to them. I ask them about their, their families and their kids and their wives and their girlfriends. And, um, they're kind of, I mean, it's very much like if I had someone working in my office here, which is in my house, um, the, I, cause I communicate with them every day. And you'll find that they're so warm and welcoming and they want to make you happy that you'll find you want to know about them and you want to know how they're doing and you want to make them happy too. Absolutely. Um, so there's the, like these, it's, it's, there's a reason that the, that Filipino people tend towards certain industries in the world. Often we find them on cruise ships in the service industry and as nurses in the service industry. Um, they're very warm uh, as a people. They're very pleasing as a people. They want to make you happy, which is different than a lot of the rest of the world's outsourcing experience where they don't care. Um, so in the Philippines, they you'll find they have computers and internet access, so you don't have to go through a service to hire them. They can work from home. They have college degrees, so they're very well educated. English is a primary language in the Philippines. Like, uh, it's government mandated that business be conducted in English. So when I was there, I was in a hotel lobby once, and there's two guests at the front desk arguing in English, both of them Filipino. And so let, that's like street signs are in English. Billboards are often in English. It's so prevalent, you'll never have an English communication problem with the Philippines. And that makes a really big difference when yeah. you're a small business and you're trying to run a business and you're having someone help you that you're not going to have a communication issue with them. Right. Uh, okay, so, so tell me about all the strengths. I mean, you, you got, you know, the executive assistant, no doubt, boy, what a, what a godsend that could be to have a great one. Right. And, 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 you know, we understand that. And, you know, and then you look at, let's say, you know, account management or sales. I mean, are, are some of these people, uh, you know, if they're, if they're servant minded, right, they got to be pretty solid in, 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 in sales relationships as well. Right. I mean, if people use that for your service for that as well. So let me just tell you uh, about my people and then I'll tell you about the, our customers and who they're hiring. So Perfect. I have 35 people, 35 people that work for me. I think I don't, maybe 36, maybe 37. I don't know. Um, they do anything that can be done online 
uh, on a computer, on a website, on email, they're doing every bit of it. So this includes programming. Uh, like all of online jobs has been built with, by people in the Philippines, programmers, design. They did all the design work. They do graphic design, they do website design, they do user interface design. Um, they do user experience design. Uh, they're doing social media. So I personally hate Facebook and I hate Instagram and I don't have them on my phone, but I make regular posts because my people in the Philippines do it. In fact, um, we have a Facebook page for onlinejobs.ph that years ago I found. I had no idea it existed. And I sent an email to my team and said, hey, uh, did one of you guys, do you guys know where this came from? How do we have this Facebook page? And one of them responded back and was like, yes, sir. I created that because I thought it would be a good idea for us to have a presence on Facebook. I hope that's okay with you. And I was like, well, it has like 2000 likes or something. So I guess that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and since then, they have made every single post to the tune. I don't know, like we have hundreds of thousands of followers or whatever it is on Facebook, right? And they've mm -hmm. done all of it. Uh, I have content writers that write my blog, that write my emails. I have customer service people, a bunch of customer service people that answer all customer support. So anytime I get a question from someone, I just forward the email to my customer support team. Um, I have an HR person. I have front end, like website developer, like front end HTML, CSS people. Um, I have admin people that deal with data or that deal with um, like, hey, we need to be verifying this type of thing. Will you deal with this? Yes, they'll deal with this. I have people that look at every single job post that gets posted on online jobs, which is, uh, I would say we get a thousand job posts a day. I have people that look at those to make sure that we're not getting scammers, scamming employers. I have people that are scamming workers. I have people that look at worker profiles so that they're making sure we're, we're getting rid of scammers, right? And so that they're not scamming employers. Um, right. So this is like, this is my team, right? Then on the other side of this, we have customers in every across the spectrum, hiring Filipino workers to do everything. So from like realtors, hiring VAs to do transaction processing, paper management, or create marketing materials, or to schedule home, uh, what is it? Schedule visits to go viewings, to go look at houses. Um, or we have um, insurance agents who have uh, VAs who make phone calls to customers or who schedule phone calls, like do a pre-call with the customer before they talk to the agent themselves. Sure. Or we have attorneys that my brother is an attorney and he hired an attorney in the Philippines to write for him. Like do this research and write a preliminary, whatever it is for me and tell me where I can get the relevant data that I need. Um, or we have like Google and Uber and like Russell Brunson messaged me the other day and was like, hey, I just signed up again. I'm using you again to hire more people. So who's that? Who's uh, Russell? Russell owns ClickFunnels. Um, it's a, I don't know, it's a big, it's a really big online website builder. Okay. Um, so like we have the whole gamut of customers that are, that are using VAs to do bookkeeping or account management, like you're saying, or 
like I, like we have a bunch of agencies that they'll hire VAs to uh, talk with the customer upfront to establish what they actually want. And then they have VAs that will do the design work for their website. And then they have VAs that will do the building of the website. And then we have, they have a VA that will manage the relationship over time. Or like Dennis Yu does the social media for the Golden State Warriors and for Nike and for Rosetta Stone or whatever. And he has VAs that are doing all of it, that are, you know, they're, they're managing all of the accounts. They're doing the posting, they're creating the content. What's the, what's the variation, John, of cost from a, you know entry-level VA to somebody really, really very good at what they do, whether it be legal or um, you know, a, an all-star social media you know, uh, virtual assistant, right? Tell me about that. So the top to bottom in, in, any, in a given field, usually, I mean, like uh, multiple-wise, it's pretty big, but dollar-wise, it's not that big. So like a social media rock star, you can hire someone for like, $400 a month as a beginner or $800 a month as a total expert. Um, full-time, that's full-time work. In programming, you're gonna find someone that's pretty beginner at like $600 a month and an expert at $1,500 a month. Um, or like someone to run Facebook ads, you're gonna find uh, a beginner at like six or $700 a month and an expert at 15, 16, $1,700 a month. Um, and that, and that's kind of the range. Like, uh, you can find, you can find someone who speaks really good English to write content for $400 a month or for $900 a month. You know, uh, it depends on their experience, but the Eng you may find someone with the same English, like just because they've worked longer at it doesn't mean that their English is better. Right. Sure. Um, is that how you structure it, John? It's all monthly agreements is that what you recommend. No, well, okay, so what I, rec what I recommend and what people do are two different things. Um, because at Online Jobs, we give you the freedom to do whatever the heck you want to do. Um, so we'll have people that'll hire hourly and they'll track every minute of the person's time and pay them exactly according to how much time they tracked. And for me, I think it's a terrible approach and the people in the Philippines don't like it, but some, like, some personalities need that, right? Um, for me, I recommend that when you hire someone, you agree to a monthly salary. Whether you hire them full-time or part-time, agree to a, a salary that you're gonna pay them. They'll be happier and it will, for most entrepreneurs, it will change the way that you look at uh, your business. It'll force you to stop being the grunt worker in your business and to work on your business because now you have a commitment to this person that you're gonna fill 40 hours a week of their time. So if they're not busy, then that's on you and you have to step away from answering stupid emails and you have to work on your business and create a process for this person. Right? So I recommend you, you hire someone on a salary, a certain number of hours per week, 20 or 40 or whatever, you know, maybe it's 10 or whatever. Um, and then in the beginning, I recommend you pay them weekly for the first two months because they're very concerned about doing a bunch of work and not getting paid. So if you pay them weekly for the first couple of months, then they haven't done so much work that they're scared about not getting paid. They've only done one week instead of doing one month and, and not getting paid. And then after that, you can pay them bi-weekly or monthly. And we have different people that work for us that get paid both. Sometimes we pay people, some people we pay bi-weekly and some people we pay monthly. Well, cool. that's really neat. And, and when, when you look at this uh, again, uh, 
the the communications like seamless just like you're talking to anybody english is awesome is excellent right customer service wise and nat- naturally they're 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 passionate about that um you know there's got to be some downside to it right tell us about what you think what you see is what people look at as a downside to it so there's a couple things that you need to overcome the, the first thing that i see the first downside that i see is often people think they're hiring uh magic like you're hiring someone that is going to step in and run your business for you. And that's not the case, right? Like I have those people, but I built those people. Like I worked with them and I trained them and I, you know, I spent time with them and I grew relationships with them. And so that's the first downside is you're, you're going to have to work with the person that you hire. It's not going to be a magic bullet overnight. That's not what this is. Um, Another downside is, uh, so in the Philippines, the number one issue that people run into is uh, a VA that disappears. And the disappearing VA is almost always a case where that person um, doesn't, um, so in the Philippines, they don't want to let you down. They, and what they, they call it shy, like they're shy. Um, they don't want to be embarrassed by you. They don't want to feel like you're disappointed in them. And if that situation arises where they might be embarrassed or they might let you down, rather than um, confronting you, which is what we would do in the U.S., that's our culture. Our, we're a very confrontational culture. They're very, very non-confrontational. So they would rather just step away. And if they feel like they're going to disappoint you, they will stop talking to you. And so you can prevent this uh, in a couple different ways. You can also, if you know about it and that person disappears for a couple of days, you know, it's not that they don't want the job, which is, that's usually what people assume is they don't want the job and they're lazy or that's not the case. 97% of the time, it's that they don't understand how to do something. They don't like doing something you've asked them to do. Um, They're worried that you're going to not like their work. And so if you'll approach them and say, Hey, what's wrong in this? What what are you, what, what have I asked you to do that you don't understand? What are you stuck on? Um, You'll solve the problem immediately. Um, and you can usually solve it up front before that happens by one, providing training and two, asking for feedback about your training that you're giving them. And that this includes for an expert, like you hire an expert, they still often have these feelings. And this isn't always the case. And I, I'm not going to say that everybody's like this, but this is generally the culture, right? Um, so another downside is the time difference where they're from the US or the UK, they're on the other side of the world. If you're in Australia, this is awesome, right? It's, it's your same time zone. Um, so how do you deal with that? So you can, one way to deal with it is you have them work the night shift. You have them work your hours and that's fine. Um, when I got started, uh, I had someone working the night shift. And after a few weeks, he said, sir, this is really, really hard for me. Like I'm not used to it. It's hurting, it's hurting my life. It's affecting my family. Can, can I work some day shift? I was like, oh, I don't really need you to work at night. So yeah, you can work whatever hours you want. I don't really care. And what I found is by doing it that way, I will almost o- always overlap some time with some people. So some of them work late at night. Some of them work early in the morning. Uh, that's just their personalities. Often I will find them online at, at 8 a.m., 9 a.m. I'll do an hour of work. Then I go exercise with my wife usually for a few hours, and then I'll find that a bunch of them come online at one or two or three, and I'll spend another hour online working. 
Um, so if you want to hire someone that, if you need someone online, your time, I recommend that you put that in your job post up front and hire someone that is currently working the night shift because that sure. then they're already used to it. Sure. So, okay. That's, I mean, it's really great description of everything here. I mean, I you know, love your model. It's, it's cool as heck and, and gives people the flexibility to do so many things. Um, when you think about, uh, you know, your start in 2006 and where you are today, tell us about the, you know, where, where it's gone. Tell us about that. The first couple of years and, 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 you know, maybe some struggles and, you know, where it was tough and, and the last four or five years and, and where it's gone to and, and, you know, where you picture this going in the next five, 10 years. Right. So my story is probably different than others. Um, so in 2007, I started teaching it and it exploded and like everybody wanted to know, and it was crazy. Um, in 2008, I started building online jobs because the way we found people in 2005, six, seven sucked. And uh, so I was like, I think I can build a better system for myself. I, want, I just want to be able to recruit people on my own, which we couldn't do at the time. So I built this system and put it out there. We had, I thought maybe I'd get a couple hundred Filipinos into it, which would be awesome for me. So I could recruit people. We had a couple hundred Filipino workers in the first month. And then after that, it kept, it just kept growing. And for a couple of years, I didn't, I ignored it and it continued to grow on my jobs. I was teaching it, which was awesome. And that's really all I cared about. And I even said to my business partner, like, Hey, I think someday this thing on my jobs could be really, really big. And he was like, well, I don't think so. But, um, but we kind of ignored it for a few years. And in 2013, I looked at it was like, this is really big and we should spend some time on it. And it's really crappy. Like our software sucks and the design sucks. And so in 2013, I started focusing on it and it continued to grow every single month. And so when you talk about like what struggles have we had with it? Well, I haven't. Um, I don't have that like struggle that I overcame that, you know, that everybody wants to hear. Like I was completely broke and I was, and then I did this magic thing. I didn't do that. I was just really consistent over a long period of time at doing all of the things that I know I should be doing online. So like you hear about this magic marketing technique that is like published content. Well, I published content. I just did it over a long period. Right. But also, John, you're, you know, you're, you're simplifying a little bit because in my opinion, you know, our industry and any industry I know, if you're going to be, if you're going to rise above the rest, you actually become the leader you, by teaching it, by teaching how to, you know, your customer, how mm -hmm. to use your product to be great. Right. And, and, you know, for us, our, our best customers in, in the Rayvine group have been, have been uh, really, uh, they've been earned by, by bringing the best minds in the world to them in our space and educate them on why they should do things differently than they than they currently do, right? And so, you know, we've had a thing called Rabine University, and, and we use it we use it haphazardly. We're not we're not spectacular at training. We're we're very good at training our customers and actually teaching them all the innovative stuff in the industries that we're in. But we only do it when we're kind of asked to, right? Instead of proactively, as you're doing, right? And I guarantee that that our growth in the future is going to be a direct correlation to how well we do what what you're doing, what we're what we do. Um, well, once in a while when we do it, right? And so, so I guess what I would say is, you know, you, you discovered in, in teaching, right, and giving and wanting to help people is, is you know, you, you, you started educating a market 
that that became a, an awesome business to you as well. It's really cool. And I think that you know the best businesses that differentiate the strongest in their space are amazing at educating. And and I I, I think that's it's critical that if you're going to be great and you're going to separate yourself from the competition, you're not telling anybody about it, right? You're not teaching anybody. Your customers don't know about it. What what good is it, right? So so what you're doing is pretty cool because you know if you could take and my leaders in every one of our companies and you can teach them how to use use your business efficiently, man, we would use the heck out of it in my opinion, right? I'm confident my team would be like, oh my gosh, I could I could I could have an assistant now, Gary, because we don't allow a lot of assistance in our in our companies because it's expensive, right? And and so we 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 expect people to do stuff on their own unless you're one of the top few managers or leaders in our businesses, or if you're a CEO of one of our companies, yeah, you probably you may have an assistant, right? But how how much more efficient could our team be, right? If they understood that they have a budget that's accessible, right? And that we it's not a hundred and twenty thousand dollar a year person that you're gonna have to have next to you. It's you know, it's it's thirty thousand, it's forty thousand, right? I mean, I guarantee you that you know we we would be more efficient if we if we learned how to use your system better, right? And yeah, and I would yeah. and myself and my board would be all over saying, wait, wait, you can get a system that's going to make you eighty percent more efficient, and it's only going to cost you thirty forty thousand a year. Well, hell yeah, let's try that, right? <laughs> so again, I can see where you know your your education platform, what you do in educating, could be amazing, and I could I could put that in front of. You know, CEOs, I'm, I'm blessed to be CEOs, with, uh, friends with many CEOs, hundreds of them, right, or thousands. And and your 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 product could help so many of them. It'd be amazing, right? And it's not like it's, in my opinion, it's not like it's taking jobs. I think it's going to be, it's adding jobs to, to, to that where people aren't hiring otherwise. And that's, that's exactly what we find. Like, I, I mean, I, I get very little pushback on this at this point, but I do get some people like, how can you send jobs? Well, we're not sending jobs overseas. It's a job that when I hired at first, I couldn't afford to hire locally. I couldn't do it. And so I hired overseas and eventually I hired locally because of it. And you're right about the training in my opinion, in almost any industry, uh, it's the person who's willing with the internet, the person who's willing to teach, to teach is going to set themselves apart and it's going to grow. I just had a conversation with a good friend of mine. He's a, he's a radiation oncologist a couple weeks ago. Um, and we talked all through what he could teach about this. And he, it was like, it was so clear, like, Oh yeah, you could easily teach this, make a full-time living teaching it. Um, and affect so many more people's lives yeah. than what you're affecting right now uh, for good. You know, well, whether or not he does it is a different story, but that's what it takes. Like you got to teach, yeah. create, create content. And actually, yeah. You know, so, so you're, you know, what you do to teach people to, to use your products is awesome. Right. But that mentality, and I've got a, a good friend of mine that uh, sells bonds to banks across America. And it was a small company, like say 10 people, 15 years ago. Today, they have like 450 people on their team, and they're all high-end people pretty much, right? They're bond traders, and they're, and they're bond they're representatives of the bank, whatever. Anyway, bottom line is they're huge, and they're huge for the exact same reason you're growing and scaling and finding success, right? Because they're the best at, at educating their banks across America on why they might be a little bit more to use their service, but why they're going to deliver a heck of a lot more in outcome, Right. And, and so, you know, they have, a, they have a, a crazy technology that allows them to trade bonds and, and earn more for banks and otherwise, right? And, and they're successful because they've learned to educate the best customers. They can pick the best customers in the country and say, come on in, we've got something to offer you that's going to that's make you a ton of money 
use our service or not, totally up to you, right? And what do they do? They build great relationships of trust through their through their education platforms, right? And and who would not want to use somebody in an industry that they need anyway, right? Somebody that's actually taught them, helped them get better at what they do, right? And and in our businesses, we we do this in every one of our businesses, but we do it haphazardly. We do it when we're asked to. We don't do it proactively. So that's that's why you know we've been we've grown a lot over the years, but boy, we, how much how much more quality growth could we have if we were spectacular instead of mediocre at, at, at training? And by the way, I would love I would love to hear. So let's just say we and we have we basically have uh, ten or eleven you know presidents, CEOs of these companies that we that we operate and we own and operate, right? How would you how would we go about training them to understand where they could use your products efficiently and 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 with the most uh, you know with the most opportunity? So I have two things that are super simple. I have a book that I uh, give away for free because as like we're talking about this, uh, training is a great way to sell people. It's also a great lead generator. So I will teach everything I can in my book. Uh, it's called the outsourcing lever and it's available at outsourcinglever.com and it's free. Uh, I, I give it away, I pay shipping $7. And that's one way. The second way is, um, at, I have a challenge where I will walk you through the hiring process to find a great VA. Uh, like I, it's my hiring process in seven videos that are 10 to 25 minutes long each. And they are the action steps to take to weed out, a, to weed out all the bad people and find a great person of whatever type it is that you want. Uh, and I call that my one VA away challenge. And I feel like so many businesses are one VA away from changing the way they structure their business, from changing the way they do, they do certain things in the business, from changing their, um, from changing their cost structure. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Russell, so from ClickFunnels, he messaged me last week and was like, hey, we're hiring again. But he told me a couple of weeks before that they have 350 people uh, support people that are all in the US. And he says, I'm not gonna say anymore, but they're hiring, right? Yeah, because um, it's, it's just so good. Um, and it's so affordable. So my one VAOA challenge is that is available at one VAOA.com. And it is, uh, I mean, it's $49. And I'll walk you through the process and guarantee that you'll find a great VA. Uh, of whatever you'll find a great programmer, you'll find a great social media person, whatever it is you're looking for. Um, That's because awesome. if you if you follow a good process, you're going to find someone good. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. How about how about uh, politics? They, they they dive into politics at all? In other words, let's say you need a VA to you, um, you know basically do studies on a constant basis of you know cost of government currently and uh, processes, you know, that, that have been, that have been performed by other, by good governance, right. That, that have cleaned up, uh, sloppy government. I want to, you know, as you, you, can you find people like that, they could do the due diligence and stuff on that. Uh, I mean, that's like a basic, mm. basic person. Uh, so I have, a, I have another friend that told me he, he owns an investment bank and they hired an investment banking analyst in the Philippines, he was like, this is a $250,000 a year person. We're paying him $1,500 a month. He's amazing, right? Yeah. So can you find, can you find someone to do research? Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty easy, huh? Pretty easy. Right. 
pretty easy, this, right? This stuff, this stuff I actually spend time on, and my my current executive assistant spends time on, right? And uh, you know, we find great nuggets pretty easily. Just just got, got doing the research, right? But boy, right? How much nicer it'd be if you're able to have somebody doing that constantly, and and then taking the top stuff every day and using it, right? Um, I'm, I'm actually considering a run for governor in the state of Illinois, which is, uh, you know, would be quite a quite a crazy thing to do. I, I've got a great life without that, right? <laughs> so for me, it'd be kind of crazy to do it, but I'm considering it. If I do, you know, I, I think of all the all the people I have to hire for that purpose, right? And, and this might be a, a great uh, a niche, right, that we can we can work on. So kind of cool to right. think about. Yeah. That's really yeah, and and this is one of the things that I find so often is like as soon as people realize like oh there's talented, smart, uh, honest, loyal people out there, hardworking by the way, hardworking who who want a job, and you can hire them for a thousand dollars a month, five hundred dollars a month for full time work. It opens up all kinds of possibilities that that just weren't there before. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, a lot of the jobs we talk about are jobs you wouldn't, you wouldn't even hire if you couldn't hire for the kind of money we're talking about. Right. And, right. and so it's not like they're stealing jobs I and mean, you're making, you're creating efficiency that wasn't there before. I think that's the that's the coolest part of it. Right. Um, that's, that's awesome. And then, uh, you know, programmers and all that kind of stuff too. We, we, we hire programmers and, and, um, you know, most of ours are in the state or in, in the States. I know we do, we outsource one of our companies, a you know, technology company, we do outsource, somewhere um i'd have to find out where that's at where we where we outsource some of our our technology building but um yeah i mean uh, it, it's just the coolest stuff to, to think about um when, when you when you look at uh when you look at the, your other business this uh the, this replace myself.com tell us about that and and can i can i take one quick break guys are you okay with me taking one quick break i'm i'm, I'm a lot older than you john and so i just got to take a quick uh, break is that okay you're good go for it yep go for it i'll, I'll just wait you're right back. Um, John, I got a I got a question for you while we wait if you're up for it. Yep. Um so I I have I personally have three VAs from the Philippines already. I, I didn't get them through you, unfortunately. I, I'm definitely gonna get my future VAs uh through through online jobs. Um but I, I'm curious. Where did you where did you get them? I don't really care where you get them. Oh, up, everybody upwork. Oh, from Upwork. So everybody in, in this industry, uh, customers only flow one direction. Nobody ever go. Nobody ever finds out about online jobs and then says, "Oh no, I think I'll go pay extra for the same thing at Upwork." Right? <laughs> um, people only hire at Upwork because they don't know that online jobs is there. Yeah. No, I, I don't I care never... where you get them. Eventually, you're gonna. Yeah. Yeah, I I'd never heard of it. Um, my my uh, Philippine VAs actually helped us prepare for this interview, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm on there." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like, "This is crazy." I I this was the first place I ever went on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so you have some questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, uh, it's a it's a two part question. What what is the most common function and use uh, for VAs that that you find on on online jobs, and what what's the best thing a VA can do that not enough people use them for? So the most the most common things that we find on online jobs are like SEO, social media management, content writing, customer support. Um, I mean those are 
those are all no-brainers uh, yeah. for, for the stuff. Your second, and, and let me add just a couple more, programming and design. Like those, those six things get done so much. And this is, that's going to include like people running e-commerce stores, hire VAs. I mean, so much e-commerce experience in the Philippines. Um, how about, so how about, much, I'm on the real estate world, John. I envision like, you know, a couple of friends of mine sell real estate and they're kind of one person bands. They, you know, they have this little office that they share with other people, but they're kind of one, almost one man band. I do see a couple that are really super successful individuals and they have this team of people around them to support their sales. Right. It sure. seems like that super, that, that super successful one, that, you know, team of a few people around them could sure equate to what you're talking about here. Maybe one person next to them and then, and then three people, you know, calling on, on those, uh, you know, on those opportunities and, and uh, you know, just, just, uh, you know, thorough, you know, the most thorough, people in that, in that space are the, are the most successful, the ones that return the calls fast, the ones that are on top of the one that have, has, the, has a billboard up and, 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 and people are calling off the billboard because it's a decent looking person and, and it looks like they're, they're, they must be good at what they do because they're on a billboard, right? But without the support of a team around them, they're probably not going to take advantage of success. It sure seems like the real estate world would be one that this, that this could work really well with as, as well. So I have a couple things to say about that. Number one, the Philippines has the realtor brand. So they're super well-versed. It's super easy to hire a realtor in the Philippines to work for you. That's one. Two, um, we have so many real estate customers, uh, whether they be realtors or investors or, or mortgage people, whatever it is, we have so many customers. Um, and then uh, my team regularly finds on YouTube uh, real estate investors or realtors making videos, teaching people to use online jobs. Um, so like the real estate world is exactly, and there's a number of industries where this is like, so, so dang perfect for, for doing this. Um, the, like the real estate is it's, it's everywhere. Uh, the other, second, the other thing I think about John is, uh, you know, in our businesses and any businesses today, right? If you're not driving for an amazing customer experience, right? You're missing the boat. Um, I mean, because, you know, again, you, you know, what you're looking for is, you know, really training people to understand your product. So you have raving customers, right? In all of our businesses today, if we don't serve them at a level that's beyond normal, right? If, if we can't, if we can't create an amazing customer experience, you know, we're just kind of another number. We're just competing to be just another number, right? And it just seems like, boy, if, if, if they're, you know, and I, and I know I've heard this before about the Philippines, you know, customer service focus, the passion to serve, right? It's all right there. And man, it just seems like the perfect, perfect opportunity to hire people on that customer experience side to make sure every single customer that touches your business, whether it's a phone call or actually a job that's done or whatever, if they, if they really feel like we, we've gone beyond to really find out if they loved our service, right. Or, or what we, what, whatever we deliver to them, um, you know, th then you're, you're going to earn a lot better customers. And, and I, I believe, you know, we do an okay job at that, but we don't, we're not, we're not spectacular at it yet and we need to be better. Right. But it just seems like that's another space that you want to be great at, 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 at that customer experience, build a team like this, right. A, a two or three person, depending on the size of your business, that's just, just ensuring that they're happier than heck, or you're finding out about a little problem that you can fix to make them happier than that, right? Yeah, we recently did 
I, I thought the same thing. Like, how can we better but treat customers better? Like for such a small amount of money, I can hire two or three or four more customer service agents. And we can have the goal of responding to every single customer support inquiry in two minutes. Mm. Like, why would we not do that? That's so easy, right? But, yeah. and, and part of that is because like when you're hiring overseas, when you're hiring the Philippines, you don't have the same issues and the same overhead as you do here. It's not, it, I don't send them a 1099. I don't have government regulations. I don't pay taxes for them. I don't pay in, well, we do pay insurance now because we added that a couple of years ago. Um, but I don't, I, I don't have all of that stuff that you have here in the US, right? But it's still a tax deduction. It's still the same, it's still the same wage deduction for me. It's not a wage, it's a, it's a subcontractor, right? Um, and it just makes it so easy to say like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna add a couple people to this situation where it makes sense to add people and and it really improves the customer experience. Well, I love um, it. So the other question was, what yeah. are, what's the most underutilized? Mm -hmm. Sorry, while you were away, um, yeah. yeah, Chris asked, what's the most underutilized uh, thing that, that people could be using VAs for? Um, so it, it is interesting that people often feel like, oh, I can't get someone skilled. And I've, I've given you a number of examples of skilled people, um, like my, like the realist, like the investment banking analyst, right? Um, or I had someone that, in the real estate, recently I had someone that messaged me and said, I hired this person to help me with my real estate stuff, and they're better than I am. And, and to me, that is the most underutilized thing. Like the very first programmer I ever hired, I told you I graduated in computer science, right? The first programmer I ever hired, this is 2006. Uh, he was making $250 a month, full time. And I would put him up against anybody in the world in terms of programming talent. Uh, like it's amazing the skill the talent that you can find. So when you ask like, what's the most underutilized, that's it is like, you can find talented people. You have to recruit for it. You have to spend time and then you still have to spend time with the person, but dang, you can find some really, really good talent. Do some people actually, John, uh, fly there to meet the talent? Cause it's like, if it's that valuable a talent, right? It seems like, gosh, it's crazy not to actually go meet them, understand that they fit your core values, right? I mean, uh, you know, interview, interview 10 uh, that seem to be great and, and then get there and, and hire the two you need, right? I mean, does that happen or no? So that is rare. In my experience, so uh, we have, um, I don't know, we have like 7,000 active customers right now, right? So when you ask me, do people do this? I don't talk to, I, don't, I can't talk to 7,000 customers, right? So I don't know. But... It's rare. I can tell you that it's rare. People that are going there to talk to because you don't you don't have to. You don't have to go there to to find the best person. So um, you can interview. There's ways to interview and recruit people really, really well without going there. The people that go there, what I usually see is they have a couple of people working for them and they want to go meet them in person because it's amazing. And when you go to meet them in person, you'll come back and 
tell stories forever because it is like, you'll grow to love these people. Um, they'll be your friends. They'll work for you for a while. And then you go meet them and they will treat you like a King and you'll be like, stop it. Uh, this is amazing. <laughs> I have a lot of friends that have moved to the Philippines after working with their Philip Filipino VAs and, and you know, their jobs online. So they're making the same amount of money like the Americans that move there, but they're able to live, you know, he, my, one of my friends in particular, he's like, I live like a King <laughs> on like, um, you know, low six figures. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, he, he's like my, my insurance alone, like it is just absurdly cheap with like, you know, he has three kids. <laughs> So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, I, it. So I will say I've been a lot of places in the world and the Philippines is the one place that like creates a longing for me to go back to. And like I said in the beginning, I'm a homebody. I don't I don't I don't want to travel away from my wife and my kids. I just want to be with them. But the Philippines is the one place that I want to go back there. Mm hmm. Cool. Okay. Tell us about this other business, replacemyself.com. What's that about? Ah, yeah. So replace myself was where I initially started teaching this in 2007. And it was me teaching everything I could and then selling training to give to your VAs. So like training is the thing that prevents the disappearing Filipino. Um, it's part of their culture and it's super important to them. So I would teach it and then sell training for sell my training intended for a VA to you to give to your VA that you hire. Um, I did that for a long time. And then when I started focusing on online jobs, I, uh, kind of, I still did replace myself, but I, I lost track of the training itself. And after a couple of years, I realized the training is not the training that I'm selling is not kept current. It's not up to date. And so I stopped selling it. I don't want to sell something that isn't great. And so I took it down. It's not for sale anymore. Um, but then I realized that training is super important. Like everybody wants the training and it, and it does, it solves problems. Uh, so I'm right now creating the training again for you. So you can hire a VA. Uh, you can take my trainings, give it to your VA which will one, give them a really good education. Number two, it will give the training up front so that they know that you care about them. And that's really what, what like the disappearing thing is about. Uh, and, they, and John, and, and John, I guess what I asked you, I mean, do you then, I'm sure you like, you know, put your own uh, you know, core values into this training. I mean, so in other words, there's customization of it. So here's the basics of it, right? And then here's the customization to, for, that, for that VA to understand you know, the, the values that you believe in, in the, in the businesses that this person's going to work for, or can tell me about that. So it's a, a lot of it is more of like tactical stuff. Like here is how, here's how, uh, selling on Amazon works. Here is how, um, SEO works. Here's, here's what you're going to do to do SEO. So a lot of it is like, these are the things that you can do for your boss. Uh, unless it's less like, here's the culture of my company and here's what we do. Although some of that is definitely in there because it's teaching them how to work for a foreign boss. Like foreign bosses are different. Like we're abrasive and we're upfront and we're confrontational and they're not used to that. 
So I'm going to teach them about that. Um, and then there's in it. There's also training for the employers because I found that uh, a lot of employers just want to hire someone and and never talk to the person again, and it doesn't work. And so um, in the in the trainings, we give the we tell the employer what the person is learning, what you can expect from them, what they'll do for you, and what you need to do for them, like the decisions you need to make, the, the content you need to give, what you need to provide, you know, like that, all of that stuff is there too for the employer. So it's, it's less of a, like, here's the culture of our business in, in how we do customer support and more of a, here's how customer support works. Here's how you can solve problems. Here's how, uh, here's how to get better at this. Cool. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, so I, yeah, go ahead, Gary. Good. No, so my, so my thing is, you know, where where do you go with all this uh, in the next five to ten years? Is this, is this a business that you're building to sell? Is it a business that you're going to nurture and and uh, you know run for for a long time? What, what are your thoughts there? So there's a couple thoughts. The idea of selling is um, the idea of getting a huge chunk of money is really awesome, right? Um, but I work about 15, 17 hours a week. Um, I make a really good income doing that. Uh, my VAs do everything. I also, it's also a very, very fulfilling thing where every single day I hear from people, employers and workers saying, you changed my life. And that's, that's super fulfilling. Like that doesn't, it doesn't provide me an incentive to walk away from it. Right. Yeah. Um, or to, to sell it to someone else who's going to destroy it. You know, which, I mean, I, I've read enough about selling businesses to know that you're taking a crapshoot with, with the baby that you've built, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, right, right now, my plan is to run it. Um, in the next five years, the plan is to do a better job of, getting the word out and of training, um, more, more, more variances on the training that I do, and then provide more training that you can give to your workers. Uh, and with, with those two things, the education piece, I, I think that the online jobs piece becomes more mainstream. Like Chris has VAs in the Philippines. I work for him, but he, he didn't know about online jobs. Right. So even though we've had hundreds of thousands of customers of employers, he didn't know. Um, Mm -hmm. So I need to do a better job of getting that to become more mainstream. And that's my goal. Yeah. Um, And do you spend a lot of money marketing at all or what? Is this something that you have out there in some main main, uh, mainstream marketing or no? We have spent very little in in marketing. I mean, so much of what we've done has been word of mouth or. I, I loved your ad on Instagram. Or some, or some, we recently started doing Instagram and Facebook ads. Um, that, that was super clear. Um, I, I went to the website, so I must've gotten a cookie. And then when I was on Instagram, you know, your ads popped up and it was you talking about like the plumber in your house. Yeah. And I was like, this yeah. is so clear and like kind of hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And that's, so that's right now for me, that's my, that's my goal this year is to get the ads in a better place. Like I, I want, I want to be able to 
upfront on the front end run millions of dollars of ads and have it return zero. I don't need any return on that money. Uh, I just want it to break even because it just gets the word out. And then so many people will hire uh, in the Philippines and they're all going to, almost all of them are going to end up using online jobs. So. Yeah. I mean, you got a great name and great, you know, people remember that name. It's easy. Right. So, I mean, you just got to get out in front of the masses and, and boy, right. and, and show that value in that, in that quick 30 second ad or whatever, show the value of what it could be. Right. Cause right. I, mean, I, I see it right off the bat. It's, you know, crazy value they could create, you know? So I love, I love the concept. Um, what, you know, you talked, you talked about, you know, mastermind group, and I, and I believe in mastermind groups, right. I, I I'm in, YPO and a young presence organization. I'm a bunch of, you know, a few other organizations that, you know, I, I, I have groups of people that I meet with on a monthly basis. Right. And they're people that, that I, I want to be like, you know, the average of them. I, I want that. I, I want to be, I want to be a group of people that make me think differently. Right. That, that's uh, that, you know, mentor and um, that I can mentor and be mentored by, right. That I respect. And, and so, you know, I, I found that as a great value. Tell us more about what you've done with the mastermind theory and, and you know, where, where you're at with that. Yeah. You're not going to like this. Um, that mastermind was the only one I've ever been a part of. It was amazing for me. It was, Oh, that has to be 2007, Um, and since then, I haven't really, I haven't really done anything with masterminds. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I would never say I don't like that. That's that's uh, you know, it's cool. Because, I mean, again, I, I think you know, when I'm when you're a young dude. So I mean, for me, I may not have started masterminds until I was you know your age or older. But you know, for for me, I find it it's a blast because you're around people that challenge you, right? And then and you know, it make you think differently. Um, but also, you know, you, you're, you know, when you're, you're looking for something and you got seven or eight people as, as innovative as yourself, right. In a monthly meeting, they're like your brothers and sisters. It's amazing how, how much benefit you can get from that. Right. When you, when you expand that, 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 you know, your one mind into eight or 10 minds that really love each other and care about each other. It's amazing what can happen. Right. Especially when they're, when they're people that, again, if you, you look at, you know, what do you, what do you want to be right. When you grow up someday, um, you know, you want to surround yourself with people that, that you'd, you'd like to be the average of or better, right? Whether, whether it's, uh, whether it's culturally, uh, financially, whatever, whatever, you know, uh, innovative mindset wise, whatever that is. So, um, anyway, uh, no, so yeah. I, and I completely agree with you. One of the reasons I haven't done it over the years is because like I've said, I'm a homebody, like the idea of once a month going somewhere or spending a day, where I want to be skiing with my wife and I'm in a meeting with a bunch of other dudes. Like that thought to me is like, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> awesome. You know, and, and it's awesome that your family, your, you know, your family knows that you, that's how you think because that's, a, you know, rewarding to you as a, you know, your, your wife, your kids, your family. Right. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. To know, know what you want. Right. And, and don't want, I mean, even though it's a value, right. How much value is there? And is it enough value that it, that it replaces that value of that? You know, you're, you're building a relationship with your amazing wife, right. And your kids. So I'm yeah, sure I could increase my income. Yeah. But it, you, know, in, in, you yeah. got to put in a value, right. What's, yeah. what's, what, what's that value pyramid, right. If it's faith and family first, where's income come in? Yeah. You gotta, you gotta raise that family and support that family. So it means something, right. 
but hey, if you're if you're if you're you're on your way and you're doing great stuff that way and that's out of the fence anyway, well, you know, continue to take care of that family. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Chris, what do you, what do you got, buddy? Any what questions, any more questions you got? Oh, for this? Man. I got stuff? so many, so many questions. Uh, I, I could sit here for the next eight hours talking, just picking your brain, John. Um, <laughs> my, my most pressing question I would say, uh, and, and it's actually two questions, but I imagine they both have the same answer. Um, you, you said that you work 15 to 17 hours per week. What, what do you do during this time? And, and the second part of this question is what can't uh, Filipino VAs do? Oh, such good questions. Um, <laughs> so there's only, there's only two things that I do during my 15, 17 hours a week. Number one is think. Um, I solve problems. I create solutions. I create <laughs> training, whatever it is. And I give that to other people. So like, I never touch my business. I don't touch software. I don't touch content. I don't touch customers. I don't, I, I never touch any of it. Um, I delegate that to other people. The second thing that I do is I create content and that is what we've talked about today. Um, so, uh, what was the second question? <laughs> Uh, what can't the VAs do? What can't the VAs? Such a good question. So, um, the, the number one thing, so let's, let's go back to what I've said about them being worried about disappointing you. So if you think about what, in what situation could they be disappointed? It is where you're going to ask them to, to do something super creative out of their comfort zone or to create something that has to work. So like, Asking someone to create a sales process. It's, I, I mean, I will tell you that I have a, a copywriter in the Philippines who does a great job of writing sales copy for me. Like I'll tell him what we want and he'll create an offer and he's dang good at it. Um, and you can find people who will be closers on the phone, but they're not, like I said, they're not confrontational culturally. So you can find these things, but it's hard. Uh, you just have to recruit really well for it. Um, so like someone to create your marketing, uh, material is doable. If you hire the right person, often what I find is, um, people want to hire a general VA and then have that person, uh, on the phone, closing sales like that. That's not, it's not going to work. Right. Um, so anything that what I've always said is anything that can be done online or on the phone can be done in the Philippines. Uh, some things are harder than others. And, and generally those are things where it's either like confrontational or super heavily creative towards American customers. Um, like I've always struggled to have them creating sales material, marketing material. Like I said, I do have someone that does it and he does a dang good job, but there's still, there's a hesitancy there. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that I, I've found that, uh, in, in my own experience as well, kind of, kind of the more confrontational, creative, uh, hard selling, you know, that that's hard to outsource to, to any yeah. country, not just the Philippines. selling, especially where it's like, no, you're talking to an American employer, but you're a Filipino virtual worker. There, there's a mindset difference there. 
right? Um, mm -hmm. So you just have to hire the right person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Um, do you do you ever do you or any of the uh, online jobs users ever run into any issues with uh, employee contractor distinction? You mean like government distinctions? Yeah. No. I guess I guess because they're overseas, there's no. Doesn't matter. There's nothing. I've never heard of anything of the sort. I mean, everybody's concerned about it. How do I make sure they're they're not they're not uh, designated as an employee? I don't know. I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah, because you know we also have uh, it, um, we have like college interns, and and we have to fill out so many forms and prove so much that they're not an employee, that they're an intern, that they're a contractor, that we don't need to pay you know unemployment or you know all kinds of other so there. I mean, I hired my first person in 2005 and I've seen and helped hundreds of thousands of people do this. And I've dealt with my accountant and my attorneys, but there's only one form that I've ever seen that legitimately should be filled out. It doesn't need to be, but whatever one, there's one government interaction. It's the W eight B E N form. That's it. And that one just says, uh, we're not responsible for your taxes. And that's, all so uh you don't yeah there's no unemployment there's no social security requirement there's no uh benefits there's no like there's no 10 there's no 1099 mm -hmm. you know there's nothing is there is there uh you know philippines is a, is a place that you're very passionate about is there what's the second place that's that's pretty good yeah i think you mentioned I don't know. Right? is there another country that's that, that's close <laughs> Well, so, I mean, there are different, so the, the only other place that I've ever seen people consistently hiring other than India, and that's because we assumed India would be great because there's a billion people there. Uh, the only other consistent place is Eastern Europe, and that is for technical workers, for programmers, um, and they're really good at it. Uh, and, and I don't, I don't know what the culture of Eastern Europe is that makes them good at technical things. Our, our video editors are in uh, the Ukraine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but like I have video editors in the Philippines that are awesome. I have programmers in the Philippines that are awesome, but yeah, that's, that's the other place that I have seen, uh, people consistently hiring from. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I got I got one one last question for you, and then I can do my uh, my recap um, for for everyone listening to this who who you know if, if they're a tenth as excited as I am, then they're going to sign up immediately. Um, what what's the easiest place to start with a new VA? Like, let's say I'm a, I'm a beginner entrepreneur. Um, I'm doing everything myself. I'm working eighty to hundred hours a week. What what what's Perfect. step one? Perfect. Okay. So the answer that most people will give you is find something you don't know how to do and outsource it. And that is a terrible, terrible answer. <laughs> um, the correct answer to that is the place you start is something that you know how to do that you don't like doing. 
and that you feel like you could teach someone else to do. Because here's the problem. You're working 80 hours a week. If you hire someone to do something you don't know how to do, you just took on more work for yourself that you already don't have time to do, and you're not going to do a good job of managing it. And you're going to get crappy results. Uh, the other side is, if you hire someone to do something you do know how to do, number one, you can solve the biggest problem with the Philippines because you can provide them training. And now they're not super worried about letting you down. So you're going to have a good experience with this person. Um, you're going to create really great loyalty. And then the very first thing you're going to do is work to get something off of your plate. And whatever that thing is, it doesn't really matter what it is. Uh, it's, it's research, it's data entry, it's content writing, it's, uh, it's social media management. It, it doesn't matter what it is. It's something that you're currently doing that you feel like you could teach someone else to do. And your only goal when you hire this first person it, with the first, the, whatever the first thing is that you have them do, which doesn't need to be what you're going to have them do long-term, but it should be related. Your only goal with that first thing is, can we work together? Like, can I work together with this person that I just hired? And, and you should have a pretty good idea after the interview process, if you can work together or not. But if you can work together, if you can make it work, you have, I mean, like I said, the first person I ever hired still works for me today. That was 2005 and they'll work for you forever and you can accomplish amazing things. So, but then the goal is get something off of your plate so that you can then get something else off of your plate and get someone else doing it. In the end, like sales is a really great place to focus your efforts. Um, Nice. But yeah, get everything else off your plate. Yeah, love it. That's great. Chris, uh, what do you got, man? What did we learn here? I learned a lot, man. Oh, I, man, I'm so much. I'm excited to get all my leaders to, to be doing this, you know, do the education side of this thing, to understand it so that we can jump into it, at least with, with some of our businesses, if not, if not all of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same. Um, great. So what do I got? I got so much. Um, I loved what you said about, uh, you know, working in a corporate job, the, the pay structure didn't work for you. I, I personally, um, can definitely relate to that. If you do a good job, you get paid the same as doing a bad job. Um, I, I quit my job after about 20 months. Uh, I was a budget analyst for NASA and I realized that within the first month, it just took me 20 months to kind of feel comfortable leaving. <laughs> um, the, the problem with most businesses is they're not adding value in, in order to have lasting success. You need to add value to the customer. This, this lesson is insanely important and, and took me far too long to figure out, uh, in, in my own business and experience. So that's, that's awesome. Um, and, and strive to create raving fans. Um, that that's a goal in everything that we do. Um, you mentioned how the the culture in, in the Philippines is is different than anywhere else in the world. Uh, VAs are loyal to a fault. Um, I, I've definitely noticed that um, in, in my own experience working with Filipino VAs. They're they're just. I, I forget that they're in the Philippines. I'm like, where are you in like Florida or something? <laughs> <laughs> Um, you, you mentioned that Filipinos can work from home. They're very well educated. English is seemingly their primary language. 
um, yeah, that just further emphasizes my previous point. Um, you, you, you said the recommended structure for uh, a contract with a VA is, is a, a monthly uh, plan, and, and this will force you to work on your business because now your business is actually uh, paying someone, so you're, you're forced to grow your business, which is, is a great win-win, in my opinion. Um, and, and, you know, a, a v, you, you mentioned that a VA is not like a magic pill. Like you're going to have to work with, spend time with and train your VA to make sure that, you know, you're both on the same page, you're communicating well, and, and they understand, uh, the expectations you have for them. Um, I, I love that, you know, you mentioned one of your workers was trying to work the night shift and it was super uh, hard for him. I, I have the same setup with my VAs. I'm like, here's, here's the assignment. Here's when I need it done. Do it whenever you want, <laughs> just as long as it gets done. It, it doesn't. And, and, and I love that kind of like uh, shoulder overlap that I have with most of my VAs. Like I'll message them on WhatsApp in the morning or at night and they just have a couple of questions or have, have some directions that, that seems to be, you know, super useful. I, I don't, I don't even find myself talking to my American uh, workers at any in any different way than I talk to my Filipino workers. Um, I, I love that you know you didn't say this directly, but you basically created this company to scratch your own itch. You were like, I just want an easier way to find good VAs, and I, I you know we we've interviewed. 50 plus amazing entrepreneurs. Um, and that seems to be the, one of the most powerful through lines is to create a great business, scratch your own itch, and then scratch it for everyone else who also has that itch. Um, so that's, that's incredibly inspiring. Um, what else? Uh, training prevents a VA from disappearing. That, you know, I, I think that's super obvious, but also insanely important and something that most people don't realize. Um, <laughs> and then finally, <clears throat> outsource what you know how to do and don't want to do. I think that's that's awesome. That's genius. So, well, I, I pick up two things there, kind of overlap a little bit there, Chris. Number one is you know tra training you know your your employees or or your subcontractors, right? Is going to keep them. Uh, closer to you, right? When you invest in them and, and through training, they understand you better. It, it's a win-win. I mean, you know, the, the better you train your teammates, whether they're subcontractors, vendors, or, or, or their employees, right? The, the stronger you're going to be. Um, and then, and then I, the, the biggest thing I take away is, you know, for, for when I, when I see what, what John's built is the, um, educational platform that's, that's, that, that equates to all the success. When you, you educate your customers to be great at what they do, you know, great, great at using your product, right? Hopefully they're going to be very loyal to you in the long run, just because you, you know, you, you help them get there. And, and uh, you know, you're also looked upon as the expert by, by having, you know, by doing the training that John's done, you know, mm -hmm. you, you, people are going to turn back to John and, and his platform and say, okay, how do I do it better? What do I, what can I do next? Or what book you got coming out, John, or whatever. Right. So, so I think, uh, you know, educating your, the industry that you're serving is, is, is a big deal. And that's all part of servant leadership, right? I mean, uh, you're, you're, you know, you're a pal of Jesus Christ, like I am. And, uh, you know what, he, he taught us this all along, right? Uh, you know, the, if, if we serve, 
like nobody else in the world, people are gonna, they're gonna we're gonna probably have some success and people might remember us, right? Um, and, and again, that's that's the coolest part of business and great business is, you know, how do you serve better than anybody else to create those raving fans that you got that Chris mentioned that you talked we talked about earlier, right? Um, so again, you're doing it, man. You're you're uh, you're having fun. You're raising a great family. You're you're able to enjoy life, and and uh, create financial success. How how cool is all that, right? How blessed are, are you and and we to be able to do that? So you know, your story is awesome, buddy. Thanks thanks for sharing it. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. It's it's been it's been so dang good for me and for my family and for my kids and it's been it's been and for the people in the Philippines. It's I mean it, the whole thing is so good. Um, I love it. And that's partly why I'm an, I'm a passionate person just in general, but I'm passionate about this. Yeah. That's awesome. John, where should we uh, send people to find out more about you, all your services, your training? Uh, so one VAOA.com is, is the place to find uh, my the I'll walk one? you through the hiring process. Number one or um, spelled out. O N E. Ooh. I should buy the other one though. That's a great idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then outsourcing lever, outsourcinglever.com is my book. And uh, onlinejobs.ph is the job board where you're going to hire people. Awesome. And if you want to find, I mean, I told you guys, I don't have social media on my phone, but I make social media posts. Uh, I just don't do it. My, my VAs do it. And if you want to contact me, you can contact me on Facebook or Instagram, whatever, and they will take a screenshot of your cust of your question or whatever, and they'll email it to me and I will respond to you directly. <laughs> yeah. <nice. laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, uh, thank you so much for spending the time with us. Uh, this, this was really, really exciting. This was, this was even, even more insightful and, and, motivating and, and exciting than, than I thought it was going to be. So awesome. Really, really. Good. Yeah. Kind of got my, my juices, my creative juices flowing here. <laughs> good. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's been good. It's been, it's been a different kind of interview than what I usually do. This has been awesome. You guys are good at it. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. We're just, we're super passionate entrepreneurs. Um, and we, we love, you know, we love uh, talking to like-minded folks. It, it 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 gets us excited, and we we feel like it gets our audience excited as well, cool. excited and motivated. Yeah, cool. So cool. All right. Well, uh, I, I think Gary might be popping back on just to say bye. Um, I, I actually I spend a lot of time in uh, Park City. Um, my my dad oh, yeah? lives out there. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. So I kind of uh, grew up out there. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Hey, yeah. if you want, if you're out here and you want to get together, let me oh, know. Hey John, uh, hey John, you just offered that to the wrong guy, man. I'll be out there next week. You got, you got a, you got a place for me to sleep and everything, or what? Um, huh? Wait, 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 wait! Come on. Um, wait, wait. Why do you stutter like that? My house is twelve thousand square feet, so you got room for me then. All right. I got room for you. If you want to come here, I have extra bedrooms that have beds. How, yeah. How far are you from the uh, ski areas? So we have, we have passes at Alta. Uh, we're 40 minutes from Alta. Dude, Alta is my favorite place. Alta Snowbird is my favorite. Yeah. It's and I don't know if you, I don't know if you ever ski in the back country, but we ski in the back country a lot too. No, so. I never, I, I have, but uh, never, never in a way that, uh, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to do the, the cats and stuff like that eventually. Okay. So, 
So let's do we it. We climb mountains. We climb mountains. I climbed one yesterday. I'll climb a couple tomorrow. All right. Well, I want, I want to come out there and, and uh, spend some time with you sometime. It's, I love it out there. I've got a couple of their friends in that place out there. And uh, it's just awesome. So that'd be know. great. You let me know, and uh, I'm available. You will be sorry for making me that offer. <laughs> Either of you. That's great. Yeah. That'd be well, I'll tell you what, you're awesome and your story is amazing, man. You're, you're going to inspire a lot of people to think differently. And again, I, I love the, the, you know, your, your, your whole concept of training people, you know, whether it be the, those v, the VAs or, or your, you know, your customers to use the products better. And, and again, I, I, that's, that's admirable. And I think that's a recipe for success in so many of our businesses. So um, thanks a lot, man. I, I've learned a lot from you and I appreciate uh, all your time. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it guys. So welcome, buddy, and, and thank, thanks for being here. And, uh, and until next time on Ditch Digger CEO, see ya. See ya. All right. Thanks, yeah. man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been good. I appreciate it. Thanks right. there, man. Bye. If you enjoy this show, please share with anyone else you think will find value here. And please go to our website, ditchdiggerceo.com, for show notes, links, video clips, and more nuggets of entrepreneurial wisdom. Don't forget to follow me on social media at Ditch Digger CEO and at Gary Rabine. If you listen to our show and want to become more successful, you will become more successful. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Told I was called Ditch Digger Man. Aiming for a living and doing the best I can. Discovered entrepreneurship, scaling business plans. Then I became the CEO man. We're blessed to build a business in America where soldiers fight for our freedom every day. Dad's work ethic was taught from the seat of a gravel truck rolling down Highway 31. Lord, I was called Ditch Digger Man Aiming for a living and doing the best I can Discovered entrepreneurship, scaling business plans Then I became the CEO Man